Welcome back to the God's Vibes podcast. So glad you are here. We're going to dive into a couple of topics today. This is something that I have deeply studied, that I have experienced and grown mastery in, that I continue to learn and grow in. These two topics are often topics that I am asked to teach on and share on. So we are going there today because we live in a world where these two words can easily be misinterpreted or misconstrued, and they are needed now more than ever. So we're going to talk about godly leadership and authority. Okay, so I want you to just think about this from the jump. Who are you as a leader? Who are you as a leader? What do you lead yourself and others to do? How do you lead yourself or others to think, to speak, to behave? What power have you cultivated in your life? What areas have you developed influence and mastery? What have you overcome? What have you become an authority in? Where do you have a voice and authority and where might you not have that because it's so important to distinguish that right we see a lot of times especially in a job situation for example where somebody new to the environment comes in and tries to take over tries to be the authority and that's not how a culture of honor works right it is best to actually go in low to humble yourself, to learn how that company, how that culture is operating and not to be the expert, but to learn and then offer the influence that you do have to contribute. Very, very different approach, okay? So we're gonna talk about these things, but I think it is so worth evaluating and being onto yourself, so to speak. Investigate often who you are being as a leader, as an authority, and what you are doing and how you are doing it. This is similar to communication, for example. You might say all of the right things, but the heart of it could be way off, and the tone of it could be way off, and that makes it bad communication. Bad in the sense that it was not communicated well, and it definitely was not received well in most instances. Okay, so we're going to talk about these things. I wanted to start with King David because King David was identified as an exceptional leader for many reasons. But what stands out to me about him actually comes from 1 Chronicles twenty-two fourteen. It's that he took a lead role in providing for the house of God even when he was troubled and afflicted. He did not expect others to do what he would not do, and he wanted to make sure that a good example was being set for them. He wanted to make sure that a good example was set for them through how he was leading. And that's what an effective leader does. They lead by example even when, and often when, it requires pain or sacrifice. So when you think about... King David, he also was somebody that lived with purpose and meaning, purpose and meaning. And he gave some counsel in 1 Chronicles twenty two nineteen that says, set your heart 
and soul to seek the Lord your God. As you do, you will find that God has plans and purposes for your life beyond anything you can dream of. So it says this, now set your mind and heart to seek, which means to inquire of and require as your vital necessity. Do you seek God as your vital necessity? So it says, now set your mind and heart to seek. Seek God as your vital necessity. Arise and build the sanctuary of the Lord so that the Ark of the Covenant and holy vessels of God may be brought into the house built to name and honor the Lord. Another thing to consider when we're talking about King David, many of us spend hours preparing for, let's say, a special event, a big project, or maybe a test that we're studying for, degrees that we're going after. David was somebody that did all he could to prepare for the building of the temple. Will you put the same diligent preparation into the work that God calls you to do? A lot of times the work that God calls us to do is in private. And it's a deep inner work, a deep personal work that is ongoing. We don't just go through a season of healing, for example, or a season of reorienting. We don't just go through that season and we're done growing. This is a lifelong journey, right? We don't just arrive. But think about that. Are you willing to put in diligent preparation into the work that God calls you to do? I know it always fascinated me, whether it was in school, when I'm thinking about book reports, research papers, the amount of preparation that it took for the actual product did not make sense. Like there were so many hours to like prepare and execute the thing that the final product was like, really? Like, what does that even mean? Or in film school, for example, the amount of time that it actually takes to write, create, produce, direct, shoot, edit, (laughs) finalize a film is years. And the actual film itself is hours. Right? Like, it doesn't make sense, but that that is an example of what it actually requires to have excellent leadership. You have to actually prepare and be diligent for a lot longer than you probably anticipate or would expect. Think about that. Now, it's also really important to consider a couple of things of leadership as well from David. Again, this is all just coming from First Chronicles. Have you ever been disappointed when somebody else was given the privilege of doing something in leadership, let's say, in a ministry, in a business, at a job? Were you upset when somebody else was given the privilege to do what you wanted to do? Rather than being frustrated, what David did, he blessed the efforts of others and he prayed for them that they might have wisdom and encouraged them to keep following the Lord in all that they do, that they might prosper God will then be faithful to honor you. So if you don't like leadership, that actually isn't required to honor them. You don't have to like them to honor them. In fact, often there's a lot of offensive leaders that we can learn the most from. But we won't do that if we're not operating in humility and wisdom and working is unto the Lord, not unto men. It also warns us in 1 Chronicles twenty two thirteen against dread, against dread. So it talks about here, 
Only may the Lord give you wisdom and understanding as you are put in charge of Israel that you may keep the law of the Lord your God. Then you will prosper if you are careful to keep and fulfill the statutes and ordinances with which the Lord charged Moses concerning Israel. Be strong and of good courage. Dread not and fear not. Be not dismayed. So dread is actually a forerunner of fear and fear never brings a blessing. Fear does not create, it destroys. So instead of being dismayed in your leadership or over things that might intimidate you as you are walking out God's plans and purposes in your life, take courage in God. Take courage in God. Okay, so these are just some things that I wanted to highlight about leadership that we see from King David. So that was a great reference in terms of a biblical leader to take a look at. When you think about a research paper, it's always interesting too. We we might see people that are brought into leadership, then they have their influence of leadership for a period of time, and sometimes, right, they have a fall. But when you start researching and studying, like we get so many beautiful examples in the word of God, you can be careful then to not fall for what others have fallen into. And that is wisdom, applied wisdom. Take note, take heed of where people have fallen and what led to that. Pride, for example, comes before a fall. That's probably not something to build with. That's an example, right? So really important to think about that. Study leadership, study authority, study what works well and what does not. Study who the Bible says is a good leader. Study the model of Jesus that we have that walked in leadership, godly leadership that we too can model and walk in, okay? And leadership, while developing it, has a lot to do with you. The actual purpose of leadership is not about you, but you have to identify as a leader to actually be one, okay? So I want to dive into this a little bit. I thought what might be helpful is to give you some sort of a grid. This is only going to be some highlights here. This is something that could be a deep dive or a series for sure. It might actually need to be one. I'll pray on that and see. But I'm going to talk about some leadership checkpoints to start paying attention to in your life, okay? But first and foremost, I like defining things, right? So I'm going to come at you with definitions, and then we're going to take it to the Bible so you can really understand and make some distinctions for yourself, okay? So leadership in general is just the action of leading. So this is guiding, directing, exercising authority. It is influence that you have. It is headship that you have, okay? And it's the ability to influence other people, okay? That is leadership. So I would automatically think here, what is my influence? What is the influence that God has called me to? We see a lot of influencers, but what are they influencing, right? Also, authority is the power or right to make decisions or enforce obedience, okay? So this is authorization. It is power. It is permission, Okay, this can also lead us into confidence as well. But when it comes to the Bible, what I think is really interesting is when you start studying about these words. That's something that if you want to grow in something, I know I did a deep dive on love. I'm like, okay, 
you would think that that is something that we know, that we learn, that we get really good at. But unfortunately, we get really good at fear. We get really good at manipulation, at control, but not actual godly love, right? So I've done a deep dive in love. What does God say about love? What does it look like? How do I practice it? How do I become more loving? How do I be an expression of God's love? How do I hold myself to that standard? You can do this with other words. You can do this with authority. You can do this with leadership as well. Okay, so if there's something that Holy Spirit is pressing on or highlighting, hey, this is an opportunity to grow. We've got some room here. Lean into me. Let me help you cultivate this, right? Just picture the fruits of the Spirit. There might be one that he's highlighting to you in this season to really grow and develop with him because we can't produce fruit without the Spirit of God. Okay, but what does the Bible say about authority? Okay, one, reiterating what I had shared here. This is coming from Romans 13.1. Let everyone be subject to governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. We don't have to agree with their decisions. We don't have to like it. But all authority has been established by God. So we do have to honor it. And that's a decision. Are you going to live the word or just some of the word that you want to live? Hebrews 13, 17 says, Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. So as a leader, especially as a godly leader, you are giving an account of your your words, your thoughts, your intentions, your behaviors of your leadership. You're giving an account to God for your leadership. I don't know about you, but that's all the fear of the Lord that I need. (laughs) Right? That's very, very convicting to me, right? Like I feel a great level of conviction and accountability and dependency to serve well, to represent God well, right? It says, do this so that their work will be joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. Okay, so think about that. Also, if you see leadership that you recognize as struggling, as perhaps not representing God's will, God's word well, right? If you see them not leading with integrity, if you see them not living out the word in their leadership, right? If you start to pick up on these things, these things are never to gossip about. They are never to criticize about. They are to pray about. Pray for your leaders. Pray for wisdom. Pray for discernment. Pray for protection, right? Pray for divine order. Pray for humility. Pray for peace. Pray for clarity. Pray for dependency on the Holy Spirit. There's things that you can pray into leadership versus gossiping about it. And that's so, so important. But the other thing too, and this is so important when it comes to who you submit to, who you let speak into your life, and also who you partner with, whatever that happens to be, are they embodying and walking out what you want to grow into? Are they a godly example? Are they an expert 
in the area that God is leading you to develop skill in. How do you know? Has that been validated somehow, right? Use wisdom and discernment so you can make sound decision making. And sometimes a check in your spirit, I like to say, is something to listen to. These checks in our spirit, right? Holy Spirit's like, "Mm -mm, nope, right? When you are sensitive to the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit will guide you, right? He will make sure that you don't have peace about something if it's not of God, okay? You don't have to know why. You don't have to get it. It could just be a hard no. And you don't have to actually turn that into an issue. Just trust it. And there is a very big difference between wisdom and discernment and between judgment and criticism. We are not the judge, okay? But we are to exercise sound judgment in terms of being able to make wise decisions. But if you notice that a leader is not a voice for your life, if they do not have the leadership or authority that you want to grow and develop in, if they are not practicing the word of God in their life, right? If they are not modeling the way, perhaps that is not your leader and you can trust that and that's okay. And you can also pray for your leader, okay? I think it's helpful to note what it says in 2 Timothy three sixteen. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So think about that. When it comes to correction in your life, what is the standard? What is it that you are understanding? What is the truth that you are standing under, right? That you are embodying in your life, that you are living out. Scripture is what helps us learn, what helps us course correct, what helps us train in godliness. And godliness with contentment is great gain, okay? So when it comes to how you know what is good, what is profitable, scripture will teach you, but you can't necessarily teach something that you are not living, right? Because then how are you actually an authority in that? That actually creates a huge gap and can create confusion in that way when your example, when your character doesn't match what you're saying. That is not sound leadership. Make sense? So that's really, really helpful. Okay. It says in Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. So I like to think that as I'm reading the word of God, the word of God is reading me and Holy Spirit is starting to show me where I'm living according to my flesh or when I'm too all up in my soul and my thoughts and my emotions, right? When my decision-making isn't in step with the Spirit. Holy Spirit's going to show me that and help me course correct. So a lot of times we don't need to be the judge of other people. And if God is leading you to have a courageous conversation with somebody or a courageous confrontation, you don't need to gossip to other people about that. You can go to that person and pray for Holy Spirit to guide you in what to say based on the Word of God, okay? Because you, again, are not the judge, all right? Really, really important. So we've got to hold fast to the word of God to start developing authority and power, right? There is power inherent in the word of God. And as we start living the word of God in our life, we become, right, carriers of God's power and of God's influence. 
and authority, often anointing, right? Taking that further is the power that God releases into a vessel. And this actually comes from spiritual maturity. As we are growing up in God, as we are maturing in embracing and living his word, right? As we are becoming like-minded, as we are actually processing our emotions as we are keeping a guard over our mouth that we might not sin against God and we're using our words to speak life, to encourage, to build up the body, right? As we become consistent in these things, more power, more authority is released to us to do other things, okay? So a lot of times too, you don't just launch somebody into an executive position without a lot of times in the corporate world, a ladder of development, right? A ladder or a course of training, a path of training. You don't just give that position to somebody aimlessly, right? Because that would not be wisdom. And that would be actually not a blessing to anybody, right? When you put somebody that's not qualified in a position, then it's destructive to everybody, okay? So it takes a lot of wisdom. So, Hopefully that's helpful when you start thinking about authority, okay? Here are a couple of things to consider as you're considering your leadership and your influence that you have on yourself and other people, and also your authority, the power that you have to make decisions or to live that influence, to model that influence, okay? To guide and direct other people. All right, here's some things. One, which we saw from King David, there's got to be diligent preparation, okay? You are not, again, just given a position randomly. There has to be diligent preparation. So when you think about leadership, two statements are very powerful, an I am statement and an I do statement. Let me break this down for a second. When it comes to leadership, the leadership is about service, okay? But you're not going to serve well if you don't know that you're a leader and if you don't identify as a leader. So who are you as a leader, right? You've got to really think about that. I don't believe, for example, in imposter syndrome. I don't. I just think that that is exposing areas where you don't have practice in being a certain expression, okay? So for example, if you are given a position of managing people and you've never managed people in your life, you will feel like an imposter. Who am I to manage people, right? So there's going to be a gap between you believing and being a great manager, right? Believing that and being that before you do what a great manager does, okay? And a lot of times that position helps you do the expression. So when it comes to a leader, who are you as a leader? Are you organized? Are you proactive? Are you visionary? Are you mission driven? Are you excellent? Are you dignified? Do you have high standards? Who are you as a leader? I am. You've got to be really careful with what follows I am statements because you live out of identity. So who are you? 
who does God say you are? Okay, a really great way to do this, you can do this from the word of God, right? Start writing down different things, different expressions that God says that you are. Who does God say you are? A royal priesthood, the light of the world, right? Who does God say you are? Chosen, a daughter, a son, royalty. Who does God say you are? So you can write that down, right? You can start writing down all these qualities or characteristics that God says that you are, okay? You can also write down qualities that you see and admire in great leaders that you are led to practice and be more of. You can start writing those down. You can write down areas of your leadership that you've demonstrated in your life where you are proud of your leadership and you believe that you led well, Okay, and then you could write down a statement of identity or even a paragraph of an identity that you can start living into or living out of every single day. Okay, so identity statements are really powerful because they really help you carry the individuality that you have as a unique expression of God in the world. And it also helps you carry the kingdom of God within you. Okay, so for example, some things that I have written down from what God has in his word. Minister of reconciliation, beautiful, elegant, strong-willed, heaven-sent strategist, favored by kings and in high places, fast, sharp, majestic, graceful, discerning, dignified, sophisticated, royal. Okay? Then you can also turn that into a paragraph, right, that you can put in your phone and and rehearse. You can put it on an index card, put it on the mirror when you're brushing your teeth every day. You can put it as the background of your computer or your phone, but something where you start actually living from who God says you are, not for it, okay? We can live from the goodness and from the pleasure of God, from the kingdom of God versus for those things, okay? Like for example, we are training our being, right? We're training ourselves as a new creation. We are it, but we have to learn to live from it, okay? But we're not working for it. We're not working to be righteous. God said you are. We are working to live like it every day. And you live out of an identity, right? So for an example on a statement could go something like this. I am a minister of reconciliation who counsels kings and mobilizes them into destiny in highly sophisticated and accelerated ways. In Jesus' name. Amen. This is true in my life <laughs> in, in many, many ways, right? But that's an example. It's really important that you start learning how you come in agreement with who God says you are, how you can align with that every single day in all you think, say, and do, and how you can really appropriate the power and authority of that thing, okay? So you really want to live as if this prayer is true. God, may it be in me as you have said in Jesus' name, right? But God will take you on a process. When I am working with clients, a lot of times it is months, three months, six months, a year, because that's what it takes to actually lock your identity into agreement. It takes time for you to actually agree with who God says you are and then move into alignment with thinking, 
speaking, being like that in the world, and actually starting to appropriate the power and authority of that through life experience, through testing, through challenges. So coaching often helps us to be who who heaven says we are, and it humbles us, right? It gives us accountability. It gives us a vehicle. I love it, <laughs> right? Which is I why I really believe in having accountability. There needs to be accountability on every level of leadership. There just does, okay? Because what it looks like, you have to hear, right? Faith comes by hearing, okay? So you've got to hear who God says you are, your identity. You have to hear your identity over and over and over in order to start agreeing with that. I believe that that is true. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God says, I am this, I'm hearing that, and now I'm starting to believe it, okay? But then after that, what you're going to find is the funky part of the process that we don't usually like. We have to start taking off what doesn't look like that identity and start putting on skills that do like it. And this has everything to do with the motives of our heart, our attitudes, our belief. So this is a lot of heart work and a lot of head work because everything starts at the heart, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak, and out of the heart flow all the issues of life. So sometimes we just start with our head, but we got to get down into the heart. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God is checking out your heart. So this is personal internal work. That's what it takes to have alignment. Okay, this is where God's vibes matter, (laughs) right? Then to appropriate steps, right? You've got to start taking action steps that look like that person, okay? Now that you are being that person, what does that person do? in the world. Now you got to start doing that. Okay. You got to be confident, but humble. You got to own your assignments and be empowered in who heaven says you are. So it's, you already are these things, but that's becoming unveiled. Like the veil is being lifted to you. So you can be that, but your perception of identity will promote you into destiny or it will cause you to forfeit it. And I will tell you, that's the same with leadership. Your perception of identity with your leadership will either promote you or cause you to forfeit your position, your leadership, right? How many times have we seen leaders get positions, but they fall because they didn't agree with their identity, they didn't align with it, and they didn't appropriate it, okay? So an I am statement is not a cute statement, It is a authority statement. There is power in that statement. There is power when you can actually recognize who God says you are, align with it, and start acting like it in the world, okay? And we all benefit when we start doing that as leaders, okay? So coaching is a great vehicle for helping you do this. Now, the other statement I mentioned is an I do statement. If you are this type of leader, right? That is a encourager of people. That is a builder and advancer of the kingdom of God. That is a wise, wise model and example of godly character and living, right? That prays, that depends on God, right? Who are you as a leader, I am a leader that, or that who, is, right? You actually just define what all that is. I am, write it out, 
than I do, right? If you are that leader, what does that leader do? So for example, when we see somebody that's not walking uprightly, let's say, they're not living out of the identity that they have in Christ, right? So if somebody is wayward, you're not going to expect them to walk like Christ. That makes sense logically, right? They're not living out of that identity. So why would they produce that behavior or that character? They won't. Okay. So same thing. If we are living out of our emotions and out of our impulses, we're not going to look like God. Right? So, so good. I am thinking of the scripture. Um, Let me grab it for you. Let me grab it. Proverbs 25, 28. Like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. So when we just let our anger erupt, when we just speak whatever we're feeling all the time, when we just think every thought we're thinking and act like that's the authority in our life, right? We are like a city whose walls are broken through when we have zero self-control. The enemy can truly mess with us. Okay, and invite all of the wrong influence into our life. Romans 13, 13 says, let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. Walk according to the spirit and you will not fulfill the lusts or the desires of the flesh. Okay, these are ways that we grow in godly character and godliness and godly authority, right? When we're not partnering with the Spirit of God, how are we actually developing the character of God inside of us and modeling that in the world? Great thought, right? So if I am a godly leader, what does a godly leader do? Does a godly leader think every thought they're thinking? Does a godly leader just vent out their emotions all the time? Does a godly leader move in reason and logic? Probably no, 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 no. (laughs) Okay, then what does a godly leader do? A godly leader fears the Lord, lives in awe of God. A godly leader prays and worships the Lord. Godly leader enters into his gates with thanksgiving. A godly leader depends on God. A godly leader delights in the Lord. A godly leader has a strong spiritual foundation. A godly leader is disciplined and self-controlled. A godly leader demonstrates the fruit of the spirit consistently. A godly leader walks according to the spirit of God. And I am in an I do statement. These together lay the foundation for you to cultivate powerful habits, okay? Powerful practices in your life for you to become consistent in appropriating your identity in Christ, right? You can be that. That could be who God says you are, but you've got to agree with that for that to start getting activated in you. You've got to align with it to start really understanding the fullness of God's power in you. This is personal authority development. And then you've got to take action to prove that, for that to be real in your life, okay? Because you can have all this power and authority on the inside of you, but it can stay dormant unless you start doing something about it. God has a part, you have a part, 
Okay, so I am and I do, these are great statements. And then when it comes to some points about your leadership and how to cultivate your leadership and authority, here are some things to think about. Again, diligent preparation. That is the I am and the I do. You have to, must develop your personal leadership and personal authority. Otherwise, you won't be given more in the world or you will have very, very messy leadership. Okay, we are all leaders without a title. We don't need a title to be a leader. We are all leading, whether we are aware of it, right? Whether we have the title or not. People are watching how you move. They are watching what you model, right? For example, if you are a parent, your kids will watch what you do before they'll listen to what you say. They will go off what you're doing, not what you're saying. So if you want aligned Leadership, you have to do personal mastery work with God, okay? So diligent preparation is a must. You've also got to consider mission, vision, and assignment in order to be going after clear results. That's what it's like to begin with the end in mind. People will talk a lot about reverse engineering. When you are going into something, You've really got to be prayerful and intentional about what is the mission? What is the purpose? What is the vision on this thing, right? So for example, we actually get authority when we submit to God's mission. That's when we are authorized to do what God says we can do. That makes sense, right? But we actually start developing power when we have encounters with God. Okay, that's when we start developing power. Making sense? So what is the mission that you are at that job for? What is the mission of your home? What is the mission of your team? What is the mission of your business? And then given the mission, the mission is sort of like the identity. Okay, given the mission, what is the vision? What are the ways that that will evolve? What is the vision of this thing? We've got to make that plain because how can we run with endurance after it if it is not plain, right? Then what is the assignment? What is the assignment for today, for right now? The assignment is going to be broken down into very clear strategic actions that you can be taking now to start moving towards that vision and, and really closing the gap more and more every single day. An example of what the Bible says that we have authority to do says in Luke 10, 19, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. That's pretty clear, right? <laughs> but there's also another one that talks about casting out demons, performing miracles. We've been given authority to do that, right? But we've got to agree with that. We've got to start aligning with that, right? Start stepping out and finding out. Start taking action for that to be a real lived scripture in our life, okay? So think about mission, vision, and assignments. What are these clear results that you're running after? That's how you eliminate a lot of the lack of clarity, and that's how you prevent inviting mixture or confusion. A lot of times we get a vision, we become double-minded because we start allowing all of this mixture in. So what is the mission? 
God has given you a life mission. God has given you a family mission. God has given you a relationship mission. What is the mission that you are submitting to? Okay. What is the vision of that? Make that as clear as possible. Allow the word of God to be your foundation and allow the revelation of God to bring life to that vision that you might be excited about it and hopeful and expectant about it, right? And then the assignment will start becoming illuminated to you. You'll start getting strategic action. And this is also where coaching comes into play. So you can start going towards that. Once that becomes clear, then you can start developing your leadership and authority habits and practices, okay? So a habit is really a reflection of your leadership. Your leadership is a reflection of the habits you are practicing consistently. That's it. Bad leadership often is practicing a lot of bad habits. You know, lying, cheating, stealing, plagiarizing, copying other people's work and pretending that that is your own. Yeah. Okay. These are bad habits, right? And that reflects flawed character, a weak will. God wants us to have a strong will so that we might live out courageously our identity in Christ and do what God says we can do, right? Habits. What are your leadership habits? I created what I call the daily five. I talk about this in the God's Vibes Mastermind. This is usually, I think it's pretty early in the mastermind. It's either in prep week before we even dive into the content or it's the very first week, but it's really developing your leadership habits. How are you going to be in authority when you're not consistent on anything in your life? Can people trust that? Can people respect that? Can people look to that as a model example? This is very, very powerful if you can start practicing this, right? Like when you start developing your own leadership and authority, you'll let other people off the hook because you know how much work this takes. And you're going to just be busy doing your work, running your race. Because you are giving an account to God. You're not giving an account for anybody else. You are giving an account to God. So what are you practicing every single day? Are you practicing venting and gossiping and murmuring and complaining? We saw the Israelites do that. (laughs) Are you practicing renewing your mind every day? Are you practicing making faith moves? And stepping out, encourage every day. Is there something that you're courageously doing every single day? Like, what is one courageous thing that you do every day? Then, what boundaries are you putting in place to guard your heart, to protect your energy, to protect your eye gates, your ear gates, right? What you fill yourself with, your inflow, will directly impact your outflow, So what you see in it as your outflow right now is a reflection of what your inflow has been. Really interesting. So what boundaries are you going to put in place to guard your heart, to guard your mind, to guard what you have been given authority to steward well? What is within your jurisdiction? What is within your power and authority right now? What do you have ownership of? Your belief systems, your heart, your character, your behavior. You can start basic. Then it can move into other things that you physically own. Car, home, right? Legally, you might be a guardian of children, right? 
and their development, their training. Can't always control their behavior, but you control the inflow, the training, the example that you're giving them, right? The influences that you're giving, allowing them to have exposure to, to a certain degree, right? Boundaries. Heavenly boundaries are here to help us live free indeed. They are not here to destroy us, but to bring life to us. Honor and respect. Just think about this. What do you honor? What do you respect? There's a book that I love. It's called Culture of Honor. Love this book because this teaches about how you create culture. You're not here to be infected or influenced by culture, but to influence it. Influence culture. And I'm somebody, I've worked for people and have had to submit to authority, man, at least 20 years. <laughs> okay? Now, I would say a majority of that was authority that I didn't agree with, often felt unhealthy. Like there was a lot that was not godly. There wasn't godly influence, right? But that taught me so much about leadership and so much about authority, so much of what I do not aspire to be or to do. And that actually gives me a great invitation to model a new way, the way that is written in the word of God, right? And I can start practicing that in those environments. The best way to practice your leadership is when you're in an environment that doesn't have good leadership and you're a great leader in that environment. But it takes a real strong leader to be a leader without a title and to be a leader to leaders that are not leading well. Whew! Takes a very humble and strong leader to do that. But man, will you develop your leadership. Really, really powerful. And God often puts you in environments where he is trusting you to steward well somebody else's business, somebody else's organization, somebody else's assignment. And then he gives you your own. Really, really important. We are always working according to the Lord, is unto the Lord, not unto men. And our job is always to be excellent. Now, you can grow in excellence anywhere. We can, with the Spirit of God, we can be fruitful in every season, okay? We don't have to like every season, but we can be fruitful in every season. With the Spirit of God on the inside of you, it gives you the power to do that, okay? So really, really think about that. Are you developing leadership that is honorable, that is highly respected, that is admirable, that is noble, that is praiseworthy? Are you behaving like that? And a lot of times you develop that when nobody sees you and when nobody is clapping for you. I call this integrity momentum. So from the Daily Five, the Daily Five are these five habits that if you practice these every single day, and started mastering them, that would help you to be successful in every season, okay? I've been practicing my daily five, how many years now? Something to the tune of eight, eight years consistently. I don't even think about them, I just do them. I don't do them at the same time every day, but they happen every day. And if I'm starting to notice that I can't commit to them fully, then I know where I need to make adjustments on my yes and on my no, where I need to shift priorities around, where I need to delegate things. They are part of helping me have a solid foundation and helping me have checkpoints 
or measurables to know, okay, hey, we're drifting. Hey, we're actually getting out of alignment here. Come back, right? These are things that you want to get really good and consistent at. So are you developing integrity momentum? This is where you're keeping promises with yourself. And the daily five is the way that I started doing that. I am going to practice these every single day to keep promises with myself so that I can trust and respect myself. I do these because I honor and respect myself. And as I do that consistently, I start to develop confidence in myself. I start to trust myself. I start to be and do what a person of integrity does. Got it? So as you start being a person of integrity, you start doing what that person does and you start doing it consistently. But when we're not somebody that honors our word, when we're not somebody that is consistent in things, when we are somebody that's constantly sabotaging, when we're somebody that is super inconsistent, how you do one thing is how you do everything. And if we don't trust and respect our leadership, we're going to be in a lot of situations where people don't trust and respect us. And those are hard lessons to keep learning, but we can do something about that. Okay, so what do people that model honorable and respectable leadership do? What does that look like? Those are invitations for you to start practicing those things. Okay, then leaders have strategy. Leaders are not just like out here flailing in the wind. There is a strategy because they are intentional creators. They are intentionally creating. They are not at the effect of their life. They are creating their life. Okay? So there's strategy to do that. And then there's measurables to assess if those strategies are working. Another thing to consider is what you are becoming masterful in. Leadership is learning how to master the mundane in a lot of ways. A majority of leadership is doing what you don't like doing (laughs) so that you can do what you're called to do and what you love doing. And leaders, really great leaders, master the mundane. They just aren't always talking about it. They master communication. They master administration. They master operations. They master order. They master discipline. They master developing and managing other leaders. They master emails. They master so many things. So many things. Technology. They master their craft. Okay? They're mastering a lot of things that are not always fun. They master the mundane. They master keeping their priorities in line. They master keeping a schedule. They master doing work when no one is watching. They master being accountable. They master being a person of integrity. They master their motives. Motives are sneaky. And this is usually what the enemy is going after. He's trying to get us to think thoughts that are not in agreement with the truth so that he can start getting us to live out of a lie, out of a false identity, a fake identity, right? He then, if he's successful, gets us to start behaving like somebody that is fake or phony, right? Or inauthentic, the world might say. 
So motives of our heart, right? If our motives are locked in fear, we behave like a fearful person. And a fearful person usually is not a good leader. That makes sense, right? So really think about the motives of your heart. Why are you doing that? Are you doing that so that you can feel significant? Are you doing that to please people? Are you doing that to pursue an idol of some kind? Are you doing that to glorify God? Are you doing that to serve? Are you doing that to love? Are you doing that to be obedient? Are you doing that to honor God? Motives. Motives, motives, motives. And the Holy Spirit is so good about giving us gentle correction before we drift too far. Like, hey, your motive's off for this. Hey, you're moving too fast. You're now getting out of the pace of grace. Hey, you're starting to do that thing you do where you start trying to lean on your own understanding. (laughs) Apply wisdom here, right? Holy Spirit is so great about correcting us, but if we're not close to God, we're not hearing that direction and that correction that we need. And then accountability. Great leaders are always accountable to somebody. We get in big trouble when we are isolated and we think that we're always right and that we're good, right? Pride comes before a fall. This fullness of self is not ideal because then we're not full of God and we're here to live from the fullness of God for the glory of God, right? So we've got to die to self daily. These ambitions, these impulses, these unrenewed traits. We've got to die to those daily. Those are still going to come up, right? But it's what you do with them when they come up that's really, really helpful. So you've got to have accountability in your life to help you see blind spots, to help you pray through something, to have sound decision-making and applied wisdom come forth. You got to have people in your life that can have confronting conversations with you when necessary that can buffer you against harder lessons down the pipeline of taking foolish action steps, making hasty decisions, right? Accountability will save you lots of misery and unnecessary suffering. So it is so, so important to be accountable to somebody and to really share this vision, this mission that you are pursuing so they can help you, whether this is in relationships, whether this is in running a business, whether this is in ministry, whether this is just even with yourself, right? When somebody knows what you are working on, what you struggle with, where your weaknesses are, then they can keep you accountable to being who God says you are and doing what God says you can do and being the leader you're called to be and developing your authority in that leadership, right? So God, for example, has made us leaders. God has made us leaders, right? But we develop our authority when we start cultivating our spiritual maturity. So we've got to have a strong spiritual foundation. We've got to develop relationship with God. We've got to develop dependency and trust on God. We've got to develop a track record with God. Right? We've got to start taking some courageous action because without action, you have no feedback. A lot of times, for example, when we start wanting to develop a relationship with the Lord, we start learning how to hear from him, learning how to receive from him, learning how to recognize him in the many ways that he can be recognized. 
And there's some trial and error in that in the beginning. So you're like, was that God? I don't know. But you have to step out to find out. And as you keep stepping out and obeying these promptings of the Holy Spirit that you receive, the revelation that you receive, the wisdom that you receive, as you start applying the word of God in your life, you start hearing what God says, how he sounds. As you start moving and what he reveals to you, you start seeing how he shows up. You start moving in grace, by grace through faith, right? You start moving differently and you start seeing God differently. And then you start having a track record, right? So it's keeping a journal, developing this track record with God, seeing how God has answered your prayers, that comes. That starts to develop by becoming more dependent, more surrendered, more consistent, more prayerful, more intentional, right? Really, really powerful. So a recap here. You <laughs> are a leader, whether you're aware of it or not, whether you decide to be it and declare it or not. You are a leader. People are watching your life all the time, all the time. Whether you're a parent or not, people are watching you all of the time. It is our responsibility to cultivate our leadership and our authority. Leadership is your influence. And do you have a godly influence? a leadership that can be trusted, a leadership that is stable, that is praiseworthy, that is consistent, that is solid? Do you have authority? Do you have power in a certain area or areas? Whatever it is that you've been called to, one of the great ways to develop leadership is volunteering. (laughs) There are so many things for years that I've never been paid for that I started to learn how to do well and get really consistent in it just because I was being a volunteer and I had room to practice and be consistent. And that was a very clear way to see my motives (laughs) and to develop and to practice and get really good at something and get feedback, right? Intentionally put myself in a space where there is accountability and feedback. How am I doing? How did that go? Hey, the situation is coming up. I'm not quite sure how to handle it, right? If you're not in places where you're developing in that way, how do you get better? We don't get better when we're not practicing. We don't get better by thinking about it. We get better by doing something about it. But you got to believe that you're a leader and then you got to do what the leader you believe yourself to be does consistently. And then you develop capacity. You develop this authority in an area. You develop expertise in an area. When you go to school, typically you're learning something. And a lot of times what's most effective is not what happens in school, but it's the experiential education. It's the practicum. It's the internship. That's where you actually apply the knowledge to see if you really enjoy that or if that's what you're called to. That's what you're gifted in. That's what you are anointed to do, right? Really, really powerful. So I want you to consider leadership, right? We live in a world where we've got to be wise and discerning about who we are receiving leadership from, the authority that we are submitting to. Even greater than that, we've got to be responsible for our authority, for our leadership. This next generation, this generation needs leaders needs leaders. We are starved for healthy leaders. This is something that it is a high call to develop your leadership. And this is not fun. This is not glamorous work. It's not sexy work. It's not what people clap for. But that's also not the motive for doing it. 
Your influence matters. The impact that you have on other people matters. You know this if you've ever impacted somebody in a negative way. That will grieve your spirit. That will grieve your spirit. And that's an opportunity to make it right and to lead differently. There's not condemnation in this. There's no need for guilt or shame. It's just who has God called me to be as a leader? Who does God say that I am? What does that leader do? And how can I be about that every single day in every way, in all I think, say, and do? There's your roadmap. Then you got to be about it. And if you're not good at accountability, intentionally put it in your life. I knew back in 2008, when I met my very first coach, there was a whole bunch of questions that I was afraid to answer, right? There was a whole lot of exposure about truth that I wasn't living in. There was a whole lot of opportunity to look at things that were not working and things that I could choose to step into and start being about in my life and start creating. And I knew that was really, really scary. And I knew that not everybody makes that decision. But the thing that freaked me out the most is I am so afraid of what's going to happen if I don't submit to this accountability in my life. And if I don't start getting answers to these questions and if I don't start living truth in my life. Terrified of what's going to happen because I'm going to live for other people. I'm going to live in chaos, probably fear and insecurity. (laughs) I'm going to get to the end of my life and wonder Did I miss the mark? Did I do what I was here to do? Was I who I was supposed to be? Really, really important work. This is the most important work we can do. A lot of times we're looking for a promotion, a job, our purpose, meaning, right? But that's expressed through you. It's found within you with God and it's expressed through you. God wants to reveal himself in, through, and all around you. God's solution to releasing heaven on earth is you. (laughs) God's solution to a problem in the earth right now is you, right? When you think about how crazy the world is right now, how dark it is, what is happening here, God made you. You are here now in this time as an ambassador for the kingdom. That is not random. You could have been born in any other time period. You are here now. You have life now. Choose this day whom you will serve, what you're going to cultivate, what you're going to develop. And I implore you, I encourage you to develop your leadership. One of the things that helped me immensely when I was working with leadership that was suffering and producing a lot of suffering was to develop myself outside of that organization. Okay, if this is not leadership that I want to follow, I want to make sure that I don't get infected by it by intensely developing myself outside of this organization. I'm going to pursue education. So I went and got a ministry (laughs) degree. I'm going to develop skills and what I believe God's been downloading into my heart. Even if I don't use them immediately, I'm going to start cultivating them, learning them, developing them, because I know when the time is right, I better know how to do it. I'm going to volunteer and serve and practice these things so that I get really good at them. So when God actually launches me into this thing that he's been showing me, I'm going to be found ready and I'm going to be faithful and I'm going to know that and trust that because I've proven that 
And nobody even knows. Like, that's private and behind the scenes. And nobody needs to know that. But man, will they feel it and experience it. And that will be everything. And it's too costly to not develop. That's too risky. I'm not into that kind of risk. Right? Risking with God isn't risky because he'll show up. (laughs) Risking out of fear is risky because we never make a wise decision out of fear. Thinking that you're not going to be infected by a place if you're not cultivating something different is foolishness. You've got to make sure that the right things are being put in you, especially if you're in a negative or an unhealthy space. You've got to be diligent. Diligent preparation. You've got to seek what it is that God is calling you to cultivate and develop, right? I was in the right pressure, if you want to think about it this from this angle, right? The pressure of really being in and living in poor leadership started stirring up in this desire to develop leadership and authority. So instead of criticizing, judging, condemning, being against, right? Instead of doing that, I'm going to go develop and cultivate and practice what I believe healthy leadership looks like. I'm going to be about that and I'm going to bring it into this space because clearly they have need of that, right? Like what good am I going to be if I just start getting angry and resentful to what's happening here? I'm going to actually go and develop something and then bring it into this space, right? But you have to be diligent. You've got to be wise. You've got to be a self-starter. You've got to be a leader. What does a leader do in an unhealthy environment? That's what I asked myself. Well, a leader doesn't vent about it. They don't complain about it. They do something about it. I'm going to demonstrate good leadership. And to make sure that I do that, I'm going to bring accountability into my life. I'm going to pursue these things to develop these skills. So for you, in this season, consider the leadership that you are submitted to. Who are you listening to? What are you receiving? And how is that helping you grow or develop or not? Really, really important that you actually assess that. You are responsible for what your inflow is and what your outflow is. You are a powerful person, okay? So really take a look at how and who you are receiving from and what you are receiving. Is there something new that you need to be actively seeking out and pursuing in this season, right? We are to pursue wisdom, to pursue knowledge. These are the principal things. Go after them, pursue them, right? So how can you get the wisdom, the knowledge, the skills, the training that you need? A lot of times I have sought coaching or therapy or programs or mentorships, different um, masterminds, different things to actually have a vehicle of practicing something long term because I know that that's what it takes to agree with it, to align with it, to appropriate it. So I will intentionally invest in those things so that I have a vehicle to get really good at something. Now, I don't overcommit myself because if I know that I'm overcommitted, then I'll be ineffective. So I only commit to what I can handle and what I am called to. So I have to be very honest about that and wise about that so that I can go all in on that thing that God called me to and fully absorb everything that's there for me and apply it. Apply it immediately, right? Like if I can't apply this thing, then it's probably not time for that thing. And I can just put it on the back burner and pursue that when it's time. Okay, so for example, before I even wrote my first book, I was already researching about that, sensing that that was coming literally four and a half years before I was given the grace to start writing. 
but it was all in my email, <laughs> all the research that I had done. So that was really, really interesting, right? So when it came time to actually publish, I knew what to do. Really, really powerful. So just because you're not building it in this season isn't a bad thing. We don't have to make that mean something. It could just be a, a insight, right? Into a coming attraction, <laughs> into a coming manifestation, okay? So start thinking about what it is that you need to actively pursue in this season or release in this season to make space for the new, okay? And then when it comes to developing your leadership, be prayerful and intentional about this. Leadership is not developed randomly. You've got to be intentional. Any area that you're not creating, you're probably consuming, Great way to develop leadership, consume less, create more. When you start creating, you start teaching, you start discipling, you actually start seeing what you know. Volunteering, mentoring, these are great ways to practice what it is that you say that you know and see what you know. You'll get instant feedback. Really important things. Who are you as a leader? What authority do you have? What do you have a track record of overcoming? Where do you have breakthrough in your life? Where have you developed mastery? Where's your leadership needed? Where are you weak in leadership and where is God wanting you to develop and get strong? Took me a really long time, but I still really, really am actively on to myself for this area. It took me a really long time to start becoming still. Be still and know. Be still and know. I am somebody that is energetic. <laughs> I'm somebody that has a lot of energy. I'm somebody that's passionate. I'm somebody that's visionary. I'm somebody that's creative. So one of the biggest challenges is being still, slowing down. Moving in grace and inspiration, reflecting, right? Being intentional, planning, praying, that side of things. It's almost the world might say the more feminine side of things versus like the masculine kind of hustle, go out and do side. That side was really underdeveloped in me. The nurturing was really underdeveloped in me. So I had, God took a very, very long time. I was very intentional about helping me develop that. There's a season for sure where he removed all of my props. <laughs> he removed everything that I was comfortable with. Jobs, people, places. Just shoop. You just got me. Now what? Well, <laughs> I guess I'm going to get still and learn from you. But that season was everything. What was cultivated there was what's needed for every season. Intimacy with God, consecration, depth, right? We have to be deeply rooted in order to expand, to have greater influence. A thought that I have for you is what influence do you have if you're not submitted to God? So strong. What influence do you have if you are not submitted to God? The other way I like to say this, apart from God, I am nothing. And apart from God, I can do no good thing. So what am I doing if I'm not spending time with God? 
if I'm not seeking the Lord. Ambition to me is one of the quickest ways that I can recognize that I am out of alignment. God's not running that. (laughs) Right? Pursuing something and being diligent and disciplined, that's one thing. But this ambition thing, I need to, I have to, it's got to look like this. That ain't it. That is not how the Spirit of God moves. But I know that now because I started slowing down. I started learning how to apply the be still principle or key in my life. And I keep coming back to it. That's how you get good at it. That's how you start mastering it. You start getting consistent at being still. How do you be still? Start being still. Literally, start making that a real word to you. And then you'll actually start to see and know for yourself by personal experience that stillness is actually where God can reveal things to you. He can download revelation to you. You can read the word and actually store it up in your heart. You can journal. You can reflect. You can get strategy and wisdom. You can process what is going on in your life. Like if we're just going from one thing to the next, what do we actually process? What do we actually learn? What do we actually integrate? Think about digestion, right? If you shove too much into your body, your body doesn't digest it all. Same thing with us. If we're just doing so much, we're actually not processing it. And then how do we integrate it, calibrate it, apply it, right? So stillness is a practice. That's what I think great leaders do. They practice stillness just as much as they practice action, right? All the action in the wrong direction does not help you. (laughs) It does not allow you to progress. It just moves you really quickly in the wrong direction. So it's not wise to actually 10x everything and hustle everything. That's not wise. Wisdom is something that I think great leaders embody, that they walk in. But you have to seek it. You have to pursue it. You have to develop. You have to actually learn from painful experiences and from suffering and apply those lessons in your life. And that's why really great coaches, when they give wisdom, that's very high value. That could save years of pain. Shave years of pain off your life. (laughs) One encounter could change everything. And that's what it's like with God. One encounter with God can change everything about your life. So, how are you diligently preparing for what it is that you're praying for? If people were to describe you as a leader, what might they say? And what does God say? What authority do you exercise in your life for yourself and for other people? Where are you leading them? What decisions are you helping them make? What are you leading them to? What are you an example of? What are you modeling? Leadership and authority. Two very, very big topics. Give you lots of keys, lots of powerful nuggets that you can apply. Many, many things that you can think about. But it's so powerful. You decide that you are a leader in this generation. You decide that you are a leader of godly character. You decide these things. You come into agreement with these things, and then you're about those things in your life. You start developing it. And when you start developing it, you'll see how much work that takes to develop that capacity. And when you start developing that, you'll give people a lot more grace. It's hard work. It's hard work. (laughs) right? 
But that's what love does. Love gets to work. Love is hard work. But it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And freedom costs something. Freedom costs something. So it ain't free. It ain't free. What is the price that you're paying for it? What work are you putting in? All right? If you want help on your journey, I get it. (laughs) I get it. We have a community. It's called Courage Co. www.courageco.org. And we offer prayer calls, weekly small groups to build community. We offer monthly trainings and challenges to implement relevant information immediately. We've had a lot of really fun topics. Let me give you a few, actually. So they've they've been fun. God keeps giving different topics every single month. So here's just a sampling of what some of them have been. Advocating for yourself, purpose planning, which was so, so powerful. We did purpose planning last November, maybe December, not quite sure. But it kind of, you know, a similarity might be when you are writing a vision, making it plain. This is really how you apply purpose to everything, how you apply it to your relationships, how you apply it to you, how you apply it to your finances, how you apply it to your business. Super powerful. It would be worth plugging into what's called the Courage Co. Masterclass Bundle just for that. (laughs) We've done one on wealthy character, connecting your work to God's work, becoming a master communicator, healing from hidden abuse, relationship redux, self-mastery with God, success habits, permission to prosper, emotional mastery, activating your authority. All of these are bundled into the Courage Co. Masterclass Bundle. This month forever, we, for example... We did the prophetic boot camp and a prophetic processing workshop. These were so, so good when it comes to learning how to hear and receive from God and start encouraging other people with the prophetic. Super, super powerful. So those are in there. What happens is you get exclusive access to all of these monthly masterclasses and three-day challenges with live coaching. So you get access to former trainings and the replays and the notes, and then you get access to future up coming live trainings for a year. And then we have a huge section just of interviews and testimonies that people are sharing about their journeys to help you, again, accelerate in your life, okay? Shave years off of what could be a painful learning curve, right? We accelerate in life when we apply wisdom. It's a lot of times where acceleration comes from. (laughs) When we learn through our life, what to do, what not to do. And we apply that to our life. We start accelerating. So your life is always moving at the speed of your obedience. So what we like to help you do is get your breakthroughs and accelerate and become mature. All right. So that is a beautiful thing to plug into the Courage Come Masterclass bundle. We have a VIP mastermind. This is called the God's Vibes Mastermind. This is like Holy Spirit boot camp. Okay. This is rigorous inner development, all around your identity, your authority, your creative capacity, and maximizing your influence with wisdom. All right. So this is all in the God's Vibes Mastermind. It's how you can get your insides right so that your outsides can follow. You get access to the Courage Co. Masterclass Bundle for free. You get our 52-card declaration deck, which is so fun to help you start programming your mind to the Word of God and declaring truth over yourself every single day. You get all sorts of bonus trainings. You get journal prompts, you get self-coaching prompts, you get guided meditations, so much goodness in there, and you get weekly live coaching. So that is definitely 
a solid investment in yourself and in your leadership and in your authority. And we've got more things to come, but Courage Co. is a free community. And then there's offers that you can dive into based on where you're at on your journey. So feel free to come and plug into this community so that you can start living your most courageous and impactful story. All right, www.courageco.org. And until next time, stay blessed. Listen, if you are not plugged into Courage Co. yet, what are you doing? Courage Co. is a faith-based community off social media that you can access from your phone or your desktop literally from anywhere. It is a safe place and a sacred space for you to invest in and live your most courageous and impactful story. You can join us for free for prayer calls and challenges, for a monthly subscription where we have monthly masterclasses, or the God's Vibes Mastermind where you will get live master life coaching at a price that you won't get anywhere else, 12 weeks of content that we will go through together or you can navigate at your own pace. You'll have lifetime access to that, a community of women doing this alongside of you, a workbook and so many other materials to help you on your journey. And I just want you to imagine for a second, having the courage, clarity, and focus to achieve anything you desire. Walking into any situation, fully confident, knowing you have everything you need to succeed. Embracing challenges and overcoming obstacles with grace and ease. Feeling only love and compassion for others, no matter how they may have hurt you in the past. Standing up for what you believe in and taking unstoppable action to create the kind of world you want to live in. You're in the right place to take your next step on your journey. When you plug into the God's Vibes Mastermind, I'll teach you how to identify and eliminate the self-limiting beliefs and habits that are stopping you from getting the results you want. I'll teach you how to heal old wounds that have negatively impacted your self-image and self-esteem for far too long. I'll show you how to dismantle the story of who you are and what you can or cannot do in the world. I'll help you expand your consciousness from fear-based limitation to love and compassion and service to the world. I'll help you vanquish the inner enemies that are stopping you from being all that you can be. Release your victimhood and reclaim your power. Develop a aligned mindset and habits to boost your productivity and results. Gain deeper awareness of your own inner light and divinity and achieve the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual self-mastery needed to achieve any goal. You will learn how to think the way God formed, shaped, and anointed you to think and succeed the way he always intended and show up in any situation as the most powerful person in the room, no matter what challenges might appear on your path. If this sounds like something that you want to be a part of, I want to invite you to join the God's Vibes Mastermind. You can get plugged into it over at Courage Co. You can access Courage Co. at any level at www.courageco.org. Together, we will awaken your inner warrior spirit and unleash your capacity to achieve any goal you can imagine. You will become an example of what's possible with God.